Amen. You may be seated. Wow, the great I am. And um, what a powerful song, powerful testimony today. Wow. God's good, isn't he? And I just pray today the Holy Spirit would just continue to move on hearts and, and do, a, do a special work. If you have your Bibles, if you would, turn to Philippians, the third chapter, as we are continuing on and, and studying this idea, the secrets of, a, of abundant living. Christ said that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. Christ has, has, has given us not only salvation, but he's given us where we can enjoy our life and God, that it should overflow. The, the problem is, is even though that's been offered to us, many of us are not experiencing that. Folks, it should not be. That, that, that we should be able to just cry out and say, God, just let me have everything that you have for me. And, and folks, that, that's, that's not a selfish prayer. That's what Christ desires. You know, the Bible teaches us in Ephesians that, that we've been given every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing. You just chew on that for just a moment. And um, we, we've been given Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, as believers in Christ, we've been given his name. We've been made new creations. And, um, and we need to, to live and experience that. And, and I think that, that Paul does a very good job in the book of Philippians as he was writing to this church and, and when he was in prison of all places. And, and he, was, he was writing to a church to encourage them. You know, it'd be so easy for him to have the mully grubs and be mad at God and angry of all the things that's going on. But instead, he said, man, God's good. And rejoice in all things. He says, again, I say rejoice. And so, folks, I want us to apply that to our lives because, because just as much as it was applicable to the, the church of Philippi back when Paul wrote this 2,000 years ago, those same words, folks, God's, we've already sang about it. God's word is evermore, folks. It's just sure. It's the same yesterday. Today and tomorrow, and, and, um, and we encourage, we're going to be looking today at, um, kind of continue on what we studied last week, and, um, and, um, and boy, I can tell you, as I come today, I'm, I'm dealing with a lot of emotions. Um, even this morning, as I was looking at the Word, um, God just really convicted me about some, 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 some things, and, um, and I'll maybe share some of those with you within, within the message today. I ask you as a body to pray for my daughter. You know that, that Cannon gave birth about, about four weeks ago, and the baby's doing great. And, but you need to pray for Cannon. Um, Nathaniel, you've not heard of Nathaniel. He, you need to pray for Nathaniel because she's still in bed. And um, I had a team from the church coming to pray for her the other day. And, but I'm just asking the body to pray, pray for Cannon. And um, in two weeks, her, her sister's getting married, and just the sisters are going to be you know, part of the wedding. And um, I'm praying that she'll be able to walk. And... Um, but, but, you know, that, that's all in God's time. But I do ask you to pray for her and pray for Nathaniel that, that God would, would, would bless um, her healing there. But, um, folks, God's good. And you know, even when this, as you look around and, boy, yesterday, there, there, there's so much hurt out there. There's, there's some tragedy. We need you to pray for the Richardson family. Tragedy has struck their home again. Um, Lacey's husband was, was tragically killed um, this past um, weekend. And, and, and folks, they've went through so much. And, and uh, to be honest, I, I've, I've, I've never known of a family that's went through so much tragedy. Pray for Lindy. Pray for Skip. And, and just pray for the whole family, Lacey and Stacy and Casey. And, and every one of those girls have tasted terrible tragedy within, within their lives. 
Um, boy, I visited yesterday with, with Maggie Shook, uh, just, a, just a cousin of ours, that just um, just very, very sick young lady, but with a smile on her face. And, and so when you look around, dear friends, you realize that, that, that God, you know, God's still God. And, and God didn't plan all this. God, God planned the, to, for a perfect world. But folks, when we look in pain and, and we can't shake our fist at God, God, God plans something better for us. But folks, that's sin. That's part of the curse. And we need to get angry with sin. We, we need to get angry because of um, at, 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 at just, we don't need to laugh at sin because that is the basis of the heartache. And um, that's, the, that's the basis of the, the hurts and... and, and, and um, the pain, and so be thinking about that. Pray for these. Pray for these families as is everywhere around. But if you have your Bibles and you um, found chapter three, we're gonna we're gonna be looking at verses seventeen through through twenty one. Um, but I'm gonna start back in verse twelve. That's where we were last year. It will give us an introduction. Let's all stand as we as we read this today. And um, wow, well, if you if you look in my hands. Um, uh, Tonda brought me a, a Bible that only has about three words per page. The, the print's so large, but but um, I have ordered my glasses and they're and they're coming in soon. And but until that time, just 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 work with me. Let's all Philippians the second chapter, and I'm going to start in verse twelve. That will give us an idea of where we're going. The Apostle Paul wrote these wrote these words, and and, and he says, "Not as though I've already attained." Either were already perfect, but I follow after that, that I may apprehend that for which I'm apprehended for Christ. Paul says, I want to get that which Christ has for me. Rather, and I count myself not to have apprehended. He says, I'm not there yet. He says, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect or mature, be thus minded. And if anything be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even in us to you. And he says, Nevertheless, whereunto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. The Apostle Paul says, Let us keep our mind on Christ and that which he has for us. Do you remember one thing that he already has for us? That Christ said, I've, got, I've, I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. He said, that's why I came. I came that not only you have, that you have eternal life, and I've come that you might have abundant life. Is, are you there yet? And then let's continue on. And then in verse 17, he says, Brethren, be followers or imitators together of me, and mark them which walk so as you have us for an example. For many walk of whom I have told you, and, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. For our conversation, our citizenship is in heaven, from whence or from where we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. I like that, that he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Now, Father, I pray that you'd bless the reading of this word. And God, I pray that, the Lord, that your word will be effective within our lives, that God, our lives will be changed today. Lord, I just pray that you would just take us wherever we are 
And God, that you administer to us as only you can. God bless our time in Christ's name. Amen. And amen. I like to ask myself many, many times the question, what makes a difference? I mean, when you look at people and, and where they are within their life, what makes a difference? You look at children. Children that were, grew up in the same family. Children that, that grew up in the same teaching. You know, one, one went the way of the Lord. The other went the way of the world. One found great success from the standpoint of joy within life. The other one found misery. What makes the difference in, that, in that, those children's lives? Or you, or, you look at, <clears throat> or, or you look at people, as Paul was speaking about, you know, people that have, have set their mind on Christ. What makes the difference between those who succeed and those that don't? You know, I look at my own life, I, I looked at the guys I used to hang out with, guys that I thought we'd be buddies for the rest of our life, you know, guys that you'd, boy, you, you'd fight hell with a water pistol, you know, and guys that would just, you thought it would always be there for you. But, you know, life has a way of separating us out there. You know, some have, have done well, some have just had tragedy after tragedy. What makes the difference? And that's something that we need to stop and we need to ask ourselves in our own lives, what's made the difference in my life? Paul has given us some instruction. He's given us some teachings within these, these passages that, that are very important for us to grab hold of. You see, Paul had spoken about earlier that, that Christ made a, a major difference within his life. His life was bound up in anger and bitterness and resentment, and he met Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus. His life had never changed. But you know, there's a lot of people who've met Jesus Christ, but, but didn't turn out like Paul, because Paul stayed on fire for Jesus Christ. Paul literally just turned the world upside down for Jesus Christ. Others who met Christ, you know, they had an experience for a moment, but then, then a few years later, you couldn't even find that they had an experience for Christ. What makes the difference? You know, Paul had talked about that he, he, had, he had not attained, but he did want to apprehend that which was Christ had, um, had apprehended for. He, he, Paul realized, I have a purpose and a goal in my life. As a matter of fact, he says, you know, I press on, I press on toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He's saying, I want everything that God has for me. We studied last week that that, that one, one thing that God has created every one of us for, we find that in, in Romans 8, chapter, verse 29. As a matter of fact, for every believer, he's predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. He wants to make him us image bearers. He wants us that when, when, when people see us, that we are his glory. That when people see us, they see Jesus within each of us. And Paul says, you know, I'm not there, but that's what I'm wanting to be. And he talked about some, some, some basic disciplines that he had within his life. And he says, these are some things you need to do. He says, you never need to get satisfied. He says, I'm not there yet. Folks, we, we never get there until Jesus comes again. We're always to be moving toward the goal. That we're never to be satisfied. And then, and then he, he went on. And he, and he talked about that, that we never need to look back. We can't wallow in yesterday's messes, folks. And, and we can't sit there and, and think about the what is. Folks, we need to move on. Let yesterday be yesterday. And move on and set our eyes on Jesus Christ. He says, I can never let up. I've get, he says, I press on. 
I fall away after I keep on straining because the moment I let up, I begin to lose the race. And he says, never take your eyes off the goal. Paul knew what he wanted. It's, I, I, he says, for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, I want to be everything that God has for me. And folks, that is something we need to grab a hold of. And we need to ask ourselves, what are the goals in my life? You know, am I satisfied with the world's offerings, or do I need to realize that God has so much more for me? Folks, the world's offerings would lead us nothing but to heartache and pain. And the world's offering will leave us empty. How many of us have chased after that rainbow, that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, and then when we get there, when we think that we have arrived, we find the pot is empty. It can't give you what you've been created for. But Paul continues on. And he says, what makes the difference is, is well, you need discipline within your life. You need, you need a standard that you need to live by. There are certain things that you can do that will make the difference within your life. You know what I find that within a race or, or within, within, within teams, that, that really the talent is not that much different. And, you know, I, I read about and, and I love to watch um, especially uh, college football and professional football. And, and, and what they'll tell you in, in, in professional football, the talent is really all about the same. But it's the teams that have the better discipline that makes a difference. And folks, it's no different than within the Christian life. You see, every one of us, if we have Christ, we've been given every spiritual blessing. You know, none of us, none of us start out with more than the other. We all have Jesus. Because when Jesus gives us himself, he gives us uh, of his fullness we've all received and grace for grace. We all have the, uh, all of Jesus that we're going to get. But what makes a difference is what we do with that, the disciplines. And then look, let's look at three things that Paul continues to speak about this morning that folks will make all the difference within your life how we can achieve that high calling of God in Christ Jesus, how we can be conformed to the image of Christ. And, 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 and Paul writes these words as he continues on. He says in verse 17, he said, Brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which, which walk as you have us for an example. You know, to attain that prize of the, of the high calling of God, we must first seek out godly examples as our role models. Folks, Role models are very, very important. As a matter of fact, if you begin to speak to people that have had any success in any types of life, most of them will tell you there was someone that made a difference within their life. There was someone that they had set their eyes on that they decided, I want to be like that person, and they strive to do that. I mentioned just a moment ago about in the area of, of, of sports or, or professional football, or you'll, you'll find young men that, that, that have that had great success, and most of them will tell you that, that they had their eyes on a, on a, on a former star. And, and they said, you know, I watched that person, I examined that person, I looked at their mechanics, I looked at their work ethic, and I realized if they were successful, I can be too if I examine and I follow what that person has done. If you, if you find business executives, most of them will tell you that I got where I am today because I, I, I set my eyes on somebody and I, I saw how they went about their business. I saw how they scheduled their time. I saw their work ethic and I followed them. 
Well, a few weeks ago, we were out at Tim Sweat's. He'd had a cookout out there, and he had some picking and grinning going on, and Eddie had brought his guitar, and, and I think Marsha was there, and some others were there, and they were in a circle just playing, and, and there was a young man that um, I believe was Dwight Cruz's grandson, and, and Dwight told his grandson, go get your guitar. You start picking with him. You can tell he's a little hesitant at first. But he'd walk to his car. He's got his case. He came back. He sat down. And I sit there watching, and, and folks, I, I, I can grin, but I can't pick. So I was just grinning, you know. And, um, but I, I, Eddie and, 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 and Marshall and the others were just, just going through it. But, but he sat there, and I was watching him. I was watching him watching them. Because he was watching as they went down the chords, and he was trying to figure out, you know, how they were making that, that guitar sound like it was. But folks, that's how you learn. You, you learn from those that went on before you. And I'm sure that Eddie would tell you that, that he has spent hours watching someone else figuring, how, did, how does he do that? And folks, it's no different within the Christian life. That when, when we're called to the, to the prize for the mark of the high calling of Christ Jesus, when we're, 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 we're called to, to, to apprehend that which Christ has apprehended to us, that, that God has given us examples all around. We need to lock into them. We need to find those people that are walking the walk. And that's why Paul said these words. And I think this is so interesting. When he says these words in 17, he says, Mark them which so as you have for us an example. That word mark is the same word, Greek word that we get the word scope. It means to look intently upon. It means to spy out. And what, what Paul was saying, that if we're to, to, to become who Christ wants us to be, he says, we need to spot those people out there that, that are walking the walk, and we need to look at them. We need to look how they go about their everyday business. We need to know how they go through the struggles of life and, and how they go through the, um, the victories of life. We need to know how they, they deal with the temptations of life. And what Paul was saying, that folks, we need this. This is, this is just application, folks. That we need to set our eyes on people that have walked like we walk. Nathaniel's over. Nathaniel's over with the children today, but I want to tell you about Nathaniel. As you know, before Nathaniel had, had really felt led to come here, he was praying because there's another church that was wanting him to, to pastor. But Nathaniel had heard so much about Rayford Road Church and, 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 and you people. And he had heard about the prayer, the, the power of prayer of you people. That he really felt, you know, that's where I want to be. Because I need to learn from these people. And I, I, I shared with, with, with Nathaniel and, and um, I, I shared with him about Sister Out, about what, how she meant to me and, and praying for me. And, and, and it wasn't long ago that Nathaniel and Kenna, before the baby was born, took Sister Out out because Nathaniel wants to learn from you, Sister Out. He said, I want to go with Brother Willard. I want to go to him to the hospitals because I want to see how, how him and Mar Margaret visits because he wants to learn from you. And he's talked with Eddie. Eddie, I, I want to go when you're dealing with some tough situations because I want to learn from you. And folks, all of us should have that hunger that, 
that, that we're not where we need to be, then we need to find those people out there that we can set their eyes on and mark them and put them in a scope and not let them go. As I sit and I was thinking about in my life, you know, that as I began to grow in Christ, and you've heard me talk about his name before. He, he died many years ago, but there was a man that, that he never knew that I had him in the scope, but his name was, was, was Norman Taylor. But I had Norman in the scope. Because when I began to grow in Christ, I began to look around, I, I looked at Norman. And I, I just liked the way that he handled himself. And again, Norman never knew it. He, he died, but, but I had him in the scope because he was the example I wanted to be. I think about Glenn McKendry. I used to sit in Glenn's Sunday school class and the honesty of Glenn and, 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 and the knowledge of his word. And, and I wanted to be like Glenn. Glenn made huge impact in my, in my life and, 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 his, and, and his dad, Brother Ray. But, but I'm, I'm, talking about just, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about folks' laity. I'm talking about you folk. I think about a man that was my manager when I first went on with State Farm that, that his name was S.R. Dunn, Shirley Ray Dunn. Shirley Ray Don had, had, had went all the, up, up the ladder of success, and, 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 and now he was in just in the area of managing, so we retired. But he took, he took a 22-year-old boy, and he didn't, he didn't just teach me about business. He taught me about Jesus Christ. I remember him sitting down and teaching me what real success was. You know, and he, he worked with people making tons and tons and tons of money. And, and I remember when I first shared that, I felt that God was, was wanting me to leave the, the business and, and, and go, to, go into the ministry. And he said, John, let me just tell you. He said, let me tell you what success is. If you find what God wants for you, and if it's pumping gas, if you can, if you can, if you can walk down to the gas station whistling and knowing that, that you're fulfilling God's purpose and, and you're helping people, and then you can whistle back home, he says, that's success. So I'll, I'll never forget Shirley Ray Dunn. I think about men like John Maxwell, men that I've not known personally. I've, I've met him a couple of times, but, but because of his teachings, it, it, they meant so much to me. And I've read so many of his books and, 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 and listened to so many of his tapes and on, on leadership and, and been, to, been to his conference. And, and I just felt like I knew him because he poured into my life what leadership was. And I set my eyes on this man. And I thank God for those people that you can set your eyes on that can show you the way. Because, folks, we, it doesn't matter where we are, we all need that person within our lives. And that's why the Apostle Paul said, you need to mark out, you need to set your eyes on someone that, 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 that is walking the walk and you need to follow them. Every one of you. We need someone in our life that can pull. Isn't that the biblical model? Elisha set his lies on Elijah. That Joshua set his eyes on Moses. That Silas set his eyes on Paul. And we see that in all the scripture. That's the biblical model. But there's another thing here that we need to understand that, 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 that in the idea of seeking out godly examples, Paul says it right at the beginning. When he said the, these words, when he said, Brethren, be followers together as me. That word uh, followers is a word that, that, that we get the word mimic out of, it's, 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 um, and it's, it means imitate. What Paul is saying, if you want to live like Jesus, follow me. Isn't that a bold statement? I think that's, an, I think that's one of the most incredibly bold statements on all of Scripture. He says, if you want to live for Jesus, just get behind me, because I'm doing everything. Now, now folks, that would be a scary thing. Could you tell that to someone? 
Could you tell someone, if you want to be more like Jesus, then you just follow me? To be honest, sometimes I think I'd lead them down the wrong path. But that should be the desire of every growing Christian, that we should live our lives in a way that someone, someone marks us out, we can take them to Jesus. And that's what Paul says. As a matter of fact, he says the very same word in 1 Corinthians 11, chapter verse 1, where he says, be ye imitators of me or be followers of me. It's the same expression. That Paul was bold enough and he was confident enough and within his walk that, again, he was saying, hey, if you want to be like Jesus, then be like me. Folks, that should be the goal of every one of us in this place. That one day, and some of you it needs to be today, that you're living your life in a way that, again, when other people look at you, that you can take them to Jesus. You can show them what it's like to live for Jesus. Man, that's pretty heavy stuff. But that's what God has called us to be. And so first of all, he says you need to mark out those let me just stop and, and say something that, that, that as I read this, I, um, just a long time ago I had a young man came to me and he was all frustrated and, and um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having bad, bad grades. He's fussing at everybody at the church because no one took me and, and no one discipled me. And I want to say, son, get over it. You need to be looking for people out there. You need to want to, Paul, Paul didn't say sit around and get aggravated at everyone because if they don't come in a minute, he says you need to scope them out. You need to go after them. And so folks, that gives us not an excuse. Don't wait on someone to come to you to disciple you. You go to them and you say, will you disciple me? Or you set them in your eyes. See, that's your responsibility. And it's my responsibility that I look for the person I can disciple, folks. It goes both ways. But then he also he continues on and he says these words. He says, he, he, this is kind of a parenthetical where he, he stopped when he says, you look for those who can be an example, but then he was thinking not everyone needs to be your example. And then he says these words. He says, for many walk of whom I tell, told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. For our, he says, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, and who mind earthly things. Wow. He just talked about you need to watch those people who are walking the walk, and then he said you better be careful of those who are not. Because then he continues on to say, he says, beware of the destructive influence of counterfeit or worldly Christians. And he just wanted to remind him that because what he was saying, when you mark them out, you need to beware that everyone within the church are not the people you need to be following. And he's talking about church members, folks. He's not talking about the, the lost world. He's, he's not talking about going, not, beware of going to the honky-tonks and following that crowd. He says there's a, there's a crowd even within the church you don't need to be following. Folks, this is where it hits home. This is where, you know, it really gets real. See, because what he is speaking, that there's a reality that not everyone in the church is even Christians. As a matter of fact, the word speaks much about that. Jesus Christ spoke very much. He told the parable of the, of the wheat and the tares. And Jesus said, you can't tell them apart. He talks about the idea, the, the, the idea of the wolves in sheep's clothing. 
See, Jesus spoke very, very much. Jesus spoke about the idea, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of, of heaven. And Paul was just referencing that idea. Is that just because a person has walked the aisle, just because someone's been baptized, just so one, because someone has, you know, picks up the offering or they teach, it does not really mean they're a Christian. He says, you need to watch those guys. You need to watch those guys. You need to be aware of that. But folks, I just challenge you today as we stop and we look at this. Because what he says, listen to how he describes them. The first thing that he describes of them is enemies of the cross. Ow. Now, these are not people that goes out and, and you know, shakes their fist and, you know, that, that's, you know, they hate the cross or all this. He's not talking about that. But these people, what he's saying, these are the people that does damage to the cross. I think it's very, very interesting that, that he had spoken about in the first part of, of this particular chapter, he talks about the legalizers, those people that believe you have to be circumcised, these people that wanted to put stuff on you, these people that were very much of, of, of legalists, that, that you, you have to have a list of things. But now he's speaking about people that, that are not... Are not legalists but their their licenses and what they means is they use the gospel as a license and the reason these people are enemies of the cross is because they stand behind the cross that that will that will say that that i can go and because christ died for all of my sins i can go out and live my life like i want to there's a lot of people that 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 lives under the saying, well, you know, I'm once saved, always saved, and I believe in eternal security, but a lot of people use that idea that because I've got saved, then I can go out there and live my life with the pigs. But folks, that's a lie from hell. You cannot use the cross as your license to live your life like you want to. As a matter of fact, the cross should draw you humbly before it and that you should just, just cry out and, and, and be ashamed of where you were and where Christ has brought you. Sure, there's liberty in Christ, but it's liberty that I don't have to carry the shackle of sin anymore. But what it, when, when, when I become free at the cross, I become bound to Christ. And there's a lot of people like that. And folks, they do more harm than the people's out there that, 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 that are calling themselves an atheist that won't have to do anything because these people are subtle. See, these people call themselves Christians and then they go out and live like the world and then people that's in the world look at them and say, well, hey, if that's what it's all about, then I want me some of that. But folks, that's a false Christianity. And Paul says, you need to be careful of those people. They're using the cross as an excuse, but you can't do that, folks. And so Paul addresses this very, very time. Folks, you know people like that. They call themselves Christians, but they live worse than pagans. It's sad to say, they're probably counterfeit. And how do you handle that? Paul says, I tell you, I handle, he handles it with weeping. He says, I speak of these pe people even with weeping. It breaks my heart cause of the damage it's causing the the body of christ and the the, the damage it's causing the, the the work of the gospel i can boy you know i, I can i can just point you out and, and not that it should be an excuse because we we will we'll have no excuses before we sin against christ i mean we'll, before we stand against christ but 
but, but how many people have heard that you've invited family members to church, but they won't come because of all the hypocrites down there? Folks, I don't want to be the excuse for somebody else. And you need to be careful of that. And you need to stop and you need to look and you need to examine who the is and the ain'ts are. He says, they're enemies of the cross. And listen to what he says, whose God is their bellies. Man, that's tough. And what he's talking about is their appetites and using the belly as a, you know, as, as the idea of appetites, that whatever their, fleshly, their, whatever their fleshy appetite is, is their God. It could be, hey, it could be food. Some people make God out of food. Some people make God out of alcohol. Some people make God out of sex. Some people make God out of material stuff. Some people make gods out of their fame. You know, whatever their, their, their desires are, that's what they make their God out of. Some people make God out of their children. He says, you know, that they don't serve the one true God. They serve their appetites. His God is their belly. And then he, he continues on and describes it this way. And his glory is their shame. But he earlier said, whose end is destruction. It's a, it's a terrible place to be. But whose glory is their shame. You know what he's talking about? It's the people that laugh at their sin. The things that they should be ashamed about, they laugh at. After I'd stayed, I was just going back over this morning and just looking at this. and Boy, it just brought great conviction in my heart. Nathaniel mentioned last Sunday night in his message, and he was just using it, talking about God's grace and, and God's mercy. He used his daddy-in-law for that. He said, Johnny, Pastor Johnny, weren't you, weren't you in a fraternity in college? And sure enough, I was. I mean, I was a president-elect, and, and, um, and folks, it wasn't a good place to be. And it's, it's to the point that, that I, I, I've not had any relationship with, with all my fraternity brothers over the years is because our lives are so different. And um, recently I've been trying to contact some of them and just get in touch with them to find out where they are. And, but as I, as I was reading this passage, folks, at that time in my life I was an enemy of the cross. I was a guy that could talk the Christian talk, but my God was my belly. My God was my appetite. So I'd done more harm for the gospel at that time in my life than any other time in my life. Because all they could think about is Johnny being the partier and the drinker and the smoker. Never once did I present him with the gospel. I was an enemy of the cross. I brought, brought great harm to the cross. My God was my belly. I thank God for the grace and his mercy that Nathaniel preached on last Sunday night. Because God snatched me out of that. But I've got great burden as, as I'm praying this morning. God, how can I go back and I reach some of these guys? I owe them all an apology. Because I, I, I pushed them away from the cross rather than drew them to the cross. But folks, I, I think that most of us understand that 
Most of, most of us understand that. That's what Paul's talking about. I share with someone in the office this week about a person that was a very good friend of mine, and I, that, that person loved me growing up, and, and I could have taken any time, and, and I, I'm the one that grew up in church, and I'm the one that heard the gospel, and I'm the one that understood the things of Christ, and there was any time in my life I could have pointed this person to Jesus Christ, and they loved me, and they, 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 I, I believe I could, have, I could have won them to Jesus Christ, but I was an enemy of the cross of this person. And, and later in life, when I've tried to go back and witness this person, they've just, they've just pushed me away. They, they were so cold to the gospel. See, he didn't need to be looking at me. And, and the folks, you, that's what he's saying. You've got to be careful because, because if you lock your eyes, if you use me when I was at that age as, as, as a person that, 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 that would say that's what a Christian is about, you'd have been led the wrong way. He says you need to be, you need to be, he, Paul was saying you need to beware of your Johnny Rollersons that, that, that when, when they were in their college years. You need to be aware of those folks. And I have to give up and give testimony about that. And folks, right within here today, he, he's saying, what he's saying, there's, there's a difference. He says you need to scope in on those people that are walking the walk, and you need to beware of those that are not. Because one will take you closer to Jesus, one will take you further from Jesus. And um, it's just it's pretty, pretty tough stuff. But, but, but it's so very real. And, and then, he, then he says... And who's, who mind earthly things. Their, their mind is focused on the earthly things. But then he, he, gets, he, gets, he says one more thing you need to do. And he, he, he says in verse, he says in verse 20, he says, for our conversation, the ones that you need to be looking at, the one that you need to be making an example of, for our citizenship is in heaven from whence or where we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who changed our vile body that it may be fashioned into his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able to subdue all things unto himself. The last thing he says is a discipline. You need to keep focus on the, on the heavenly blessings. You need to keep looking toward the Savior. You need to keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. Never get, never get your eyes off of Jesus Christ and what he's done. What he does is he gives us four heavenly blessings here. He, he says, first of all, the blessing is, first of all, our citizenship is in heaven. And this idea, he says, the rules, the, the rules of the place we follow are God's rules, not the world's rules. That, that's, that's where my citizenship is. This world is not my home. That my home is in heaven. And because my home is in heaven, I choose to follow, I, I, tr I choose to follow the God of the heaven rather than the God of this earth. And, and, and I, I need to keep remembering that when temptations come, come knocking at my door, and folks, we'll never get so old that temptations won't stop, start, uh, stop knocking at our door. But I need to continue to remember that my home is in heaven. I'm a citizen of the king. I, I, I'm, my home is not of this earth. This earth can't give me what I want. Only our Lord said. He says, so first of all, remember Keep remembering, my home is in heaven. My citizenship is in heaven. And then he says, also remember that Jesus is coming again. When he says these words, he says, for our conversation is in heaven. And he's speaking about heaven. Now he says, from where also we look for the Savior. Paul believed that Jesus was about to part that sky any day. 
He kept his eyes on heaven because he believed that Jesus was about to come any time. Folks, that is the hope of the believer, that Jesus is coming again, and he's going to make all things right. Isn't that exciting? That, that, that my Lord's coming again. He says, you know, that, that um, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And he says, if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. I, my Lord Jesus is right now preparing a place for me. And one day he's going to come back and he's going to receive me to himself. That's my home, folks. That needs, that's why I need to keep my eyes set on heaven because my Jesus is going to come back just like he ascended one day and he's going to call me on to myself. Folks, it doesn't matter where you are, no matter what heartache you're going through, you can remember Jesus is coming back one day and, 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 um, and he's, going to, he's going to make all things right. And that, that is the hope. That's what we have to hold on to. There is something better awaiting me. There's something better awaiting for those who are in Christ Jesus. How can that make you happy? When you're going through the heartache, when you're going through the pain, and you're going through the suffering, this is going to end one day. And he's going to come back. And listen to what he says. As he continues on, who shall change our vile body like unto his glorious body. Folks, he's got a new body awaiting me. This old vile body, this old body that is, that is just working away, this body that, is, that is, is, is just stained with sin, this old body that is stained with hurt, and this old body that is just, uh, just messed up and it's growing old, that one day he's going to change this old vile body and give me a glorious body just like Jesus Christ. Man, I can't wait. I'll never be in another hospital taking another pill. Man, because I'll have a new body like Jesus Christ. Man. I'll be able to eat all the cookies and cream ice cream that I want. <laughs> Folks, you're going to eat in heaven. You remember when Jesus Christ rose from the dead, he rose in his glorified body, and he sat down and he sat him some fish fillets. <laughs> Cooked them all a meal, huh? Curly half hair. Curly half hair. We might not have hair in heaven. That, your head's too pretty. Your head looks too good for hair. Okay. All I know, John, the Bible speaks that, that, that as he is, we shall be also. Man, you think about that for a little bit. I wonder how old we'll be. Thirty-five. A lot of people think it's thirty-three because Jesus ascended. You know, he died when he was thirty-three and thought that was perfect. I don't know. It's going to be good, folks. That Christ has a brand new body awaiting me. And then listen to the last thing he says, and whereby he is able to even subdue all things unto himself. Everything that's brought me heartache, everything that's brought me pain, everything that's messed my life up, when Christ comes again, he's going to subdue all things. Folks, he's going to subdue death. There'll be no death. There'll be no weeping. There'll be no tears in heaven. And that's going to be good. He's going to subdue all things into himself. He's going to throw death into the lake of fire. He's going to throw, the, he's going to throw death and hell into the lake. He's going to throw the tempter into the lake of fire. And folks, it's all going to be made right one day and folks that's what we have to remember
It's the day as we close out, and, 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 and Paul is saying, wow, we need to keep our eyes on the goal. We need to keep our eyes on the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We need to grow each day that, that to be image bearers of Jesus Christ, to, to be conforming to, it, to, to, to himself, so that when people see us, they can see Jesus. Folks, that's where full joy comes from, is when we're fulfilling God's purpose for us. We're called to be image bearers. And he says, what you need to do, though, is you need to, if, you need to set your eyes on people that, that are walking the walk, and you need to follow them. And, and also, you need, to, you need to be making yourself an example for other people. Folks, that's a big challenge. Man, I remember the first time in, um, that, that I was asked to help out in church, and actually it was Norman Taylor that I spoke about. That Boy, he was making a plea. You need to help with the, the RAs, the Royal Ambassadors, a bunch of boys. And you know what my excuse continued? But I'm not living my life as an example those boys need to follow. I, 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 I push myself away. You know what I had to get over? Oh, I need to change my life then. If God has given me an opportunity to serve, then I need to change my life so these boys can watch me and follow Christ. And so even by serving him, it, 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 them boys became accountability partners to me. I couldn't talk like you know, I used to talk, or I couldn't live or do like I used to live if I was going to be an example to those boys, and I was serious about that. And so there's some of us needs to change some stuff in our life. And what I challenge you to do, every one of you this day, you need to find somebody you can look at. And you don't need to wait for them to come to you. You go to them. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, Butch Harville would be excited if somebody came to him and said, Butch, I've been watching you, and I like the way you live, and I, and I want to follow you, Butch. I'm telling you what, that would put a, put a spark in Butch's life, but also it would be some accountability in his life, but where he knew he could pour his life into somebody else. Who wouldn't want that, folks? And then I need to, but I need to live my life so that people will come to me. Folks, just think what that would do. We need, to, we need to mark those examples who are following Jesus and follow them, but we need to be careful of that crowd out there that's not. And, 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 and maybe you may say today, Pastor, I'm part of that crowd. Let me tell you about God's grace and mercy. You don't have to live there any longer. His mercy endures forever. You just, the Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can just come leave it all right here today and say, Lord, I'm not living like that. Now, folks, I've done that before. I, I had to get to that point where I said, God, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. There, I believe there's some sick and tired people here today. You need to leave that here today, and you need to walk out that door and say, if you want to follow Jesus, then follow me. And then, folks, we need to keep our eyes on heaven. Jesus is coming again. He may come before we close this service. That wouldn't that be good? But you need to keep your eyes on Jesus. Has the Holy Spirit spoken to you today? Do something about it. What Paul is saying here is you need to do something about it. What makes a difference is people that do something about it. They don't just hear it, they do something about it. There are some of you today that need to give your life to Jesus Christ. That, that, that you couldn't tell me today, Pastor, I know if I died today, I'd, I'd go to heaven. I've got so much stuff in my life. Let me tell you, Jesus loves you, but you need to do something about it. You need to come to Jesus Christ. You need to, you need to give your life. I'll, I'll meet you right here and put you with someone that can talk to you about Jesus Christ. You need to do something about it today. There's some of you today that's been a Christian for a long time, but you, you've not been the example you need to be. You need to do something about it. Be honest, you don't need to talk to me. You just need to talk to the Lord. You may need to just come to the altar and say, God, I want to do something about it today. Some of you need to be examples today. Some of you dads out there, let me tell you, your children want to be just like you. 
Are you taking them to Jesus or are you taking them away from Jesus? You need to do something about it. Say, Pastor, I want when my children look at me, they look at Jesus. Moms, you can do the same thing. And you need to set your eyes on the Lord. Folks, he's coming again. Father, I pray that you bless our time. And God, as we come to this point of invitation, this time of decision, God, that you do the work that you want to do. God, I just pray that, that, God, that we can set our eyes on you, that, God, that we can be the images that you want us to be for you. Lord, do as you, as you wish this morning in Christ's name. Amen. In just a moment, we're going to stand, and our ladies are going to be leading us in, in, a, in a time. Folks, this is a time of decision. This is a time for you to do something about it. Has the Holy Spirit spoken to you? Do you need to talk to someone about your salvation? Do you need to be saved? I invite you to come. Do you need to just come and do some work with the Lord? I invite you to come. You may need to come and pray for someone. The altar's open. Folks, there's something about when you come to the altar that, that you know what, you're doing something about it. Maybe you want to come today is you want to be a leader of men, and I'm talking about a leader of men. You want to be a way that you can change men's life. The best place you do is start humbly on your knees and say, God, help me to be the example I need to be. Is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? I invite you to come and stand and as, 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 our, as our team leads us, and I'm just asking you to do something about it. Just do it. The altar's open, my friend. Holy Spirit speaking to you folks the altar's open Folks, what a great passage. I mean, this is honest, folks. This is just practical stuff. Be somebody that others can look at. Follow somebody that will point you to the way. Watch out for those people that, 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 whose God is their belly. And keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. You need to talk to someone or are you hurting today and just need to talk to someone? I invite you to come. I invite you. We're right here, folks. I can promise you, we will not condemn you. You heard my testimony today, folks. You heard my, I cannot condemn you. I can only love you, Jesus. Jesus loves you.
God's just moving in a special way. And um, folks, I shared my testimony with you today. And you're sad when you got to look back and, and um, deal with stuff. But, you know, Paul did say forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things that are ahead. Thank God for his, his forgiveness. Amen. And um, I'm not going to be bound by that, but I'm going to let the hurt move me forward. And I'm going to, I'm, I, I'm going to pray, pray that I can reach my fraternity brothers. They, they're all having a big, big weekend this weekend, and, 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 and the whole weekend was about um, just, you know, they're, they're drinking and the booze and that. That's their big, their big weekend. And, you know, I really pray next year I can go down there on that weekend, but I can, I can, I can, I can be the light. You know, without judging them, because right now I've got to be careful because they would think I'm judging them. I'm not. Christ came for them. But, um, Ashley, why don't you come up here and stand with me? I thank God for Ashley, and I thank God for her mom and daddy. And um, you say you had some things you want to say? First of all, I want to thank... um, I know so many people have been praying for me, and um, I told Brother Johnny that I was one of those Christians that had, um, I professed to be a Christian. I was raised in a Christian home. I came to church. Um, I went to a Christian school, and um, but nothing in my life ever changed, and the past year, God has taken and broken me down <laughs> to this last week. To literally, I was broken to nothing, and I was so lonely and so hurt, and he was literally the only person who could help me. 
not even my parents who they I know they love me so much and have been praying for me so hard, but he was the only person that I could talk to, the only person who could comfort me. That's right. That's right. And I knew everything I had to do and so right there by myself I told God that I was tired, just like Brother Johnny said, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I got saved. Praise you, Lord. Wow. You needed to hear that. I needed to hear that. Well, I thank God for, for, for a mama and daddy that just, you know what? They just gave you to the Lord. And um, sometimes moms and dads, you just got to give our children to the Lord. Folks, he can do more than we could ever dream of. And what I'm going to ask is I'm going to just ask um, Ashley and mom and dad to sit right here because after our service, I want you to come and you just love up on them. Ashley, we're so proud of you. We thank God for you. And um, you're, just an, you're just an example of the power of God, that he can come and, and subdue all things unto himself. He can even subdue a rebellious heart unto himself. God's good. God bless you. Amen. I want to ask you to be seated. And um, Brother Wayne, if you'd come and, and lead us in our time of offering. Wow, that's good stuff. Good stuff. Brother Wayne.